Hi, I'm Monica. And I'm the other Monica. And we are two Monicas in a microphone. Join us each week to talk about nothing serious. Seriously. We will talk about life, differences of opinion, our favorite obsessions, and any topic we find interesting. So get ready to ask questions you'd never ask yourself because we're going to talk all about the Enneagram. So Monica, are you familiar at all with the Enneagram? You know, I wasn't until you posted your link on Facebook a while back. And I know a lot about personality tests. The Enneagram, just for those who don't know, I'm going to spell it for you. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Enneagram. It is a personality test. It's been around for a while, but has only recently gained popularity. Now, Monica, you said you were really familiar with personality tests. Do you remember the first personality test that you took? Yes. My parents gave it to my brother and I, and so they categorized us based on the four temperaments and I happen to be a caloric. And so you're some combination of these four temperaments, but that was my first experience. And I think it was either five or seven. What did you think as a seven-year-old? Were you aware that you were being tested or is it something you learned later in your life and your parents revealed it? No, I definitely was aware that they were they were testing me because I have a little bit of an ego. I wanted to learn all about myself. So it's all about it. I think that's kind of endearing that you wanted to learn more about yourself. Actually probably shows your level of maturity at that age. In the ninth grade, I took a test. I still don't know what it was, but it was part of one of our development classes. But one of the things we did was take a personality quiz and it gave you about a five page readout about wow. who you were down to the type of lover you would be. It was very strange, but that was actually my first experience with it in any sort of official way. I just know I liked circling the things in the teenage magazines. This is the type of kisser you would be or, <laughs> you know, that type of thing in junior high. Then I went and took a personality test at a seminar at our sorority. And then I took one for work, which I think you've done mm -hmm. before, haven't you? I have. I worked for several companies that you use different personality achievement tests, if you will. So those are the four that I'm very familiar with. And then now Enneagram, which I'm fascinated. Yes, I like the Enneagram, it's definitely fun. My personal favorite test that I've ever taken is the Myers-Briggs. I just feel like it's more detailed. It's got 16 types. Enneagram has nine. So I feel like when there's 16, you can get a little bit more in depth in the personality. However, mm -hmm. I think maybe it's not as popular because the naming function is really atrocious and it took me a long time to even remember what the name of mine was. It is much easier to remember if you're a one or a five or a seven, right? Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. if you're an INFJ or an ENFJ, an INFT. Wow. But you you get the drift there. So yeah. um, not as fun, not as fun and actually harder to remember. I did like that they use numbers because the number is neutral. So there's no preconceived bias when, as there might be when you read a word like caloric or phlegmatic or sanguine. There's already some sort of personality imbued in the word, whereas these are these are numbers. And I think the only reason that the numbers work is because there aren't 10 personalities. I think that if you did have personalities one through 10, you would automatically scale one through 10. But because it is one through nine, you don't have that preconceived notion because you're mm -hmm. not saying one is the best. And I think that's another appeal to the popularity of this is the non-bias in it. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
And I think it's got a really interesting history. And I know that you were interested by the history too with being a philosophy yes. major. So yes. I'm anxious to hear you tell us how we got started. So the history is interesting because it's a combination of different philosophies. The history that I found from enneagraminstitute.com states that it was originally put together by Oscar Icazo. And he himself has a well-traveled, experienced life. He was born in Bolivia, raised in Peru, moved to Buenos Aires, Argentina to learn from a school of inner work. And then he decided that wasn't enough and he needed to travel to Asia. And he put together a systematic approach for everything that he learned. After he had done that, he decided he wanted to found a school. It's called the Arika School. And he wanted to study teachings on psychology, cosmology, metaphysics, spirituality, and it says, and so forth. So he wanted to study everything that makes up the human consciousness and brings about transformations, which is the foundation of philosophy, I think. So one other thing about the Enneagram is that the symbol itself has its roots in antiquity. So we're talking about as far back as the works of Pythagoras. I only know that name from Pythagorean theorem. Don't ask me to explain that because I don't remember anymore. So <laughs> it was reintroduced by Gurdjieff who taught the symbol primarily through, this is the best, through a series of sacred dances or movements. Let's get on TikTok and do the Enneagram dance. In my head, I'm just imagining Elaine from Seinfeld when she dances and she's a horrible dancer. I'm imagining a series of that. Yes. Playing in my head when I see someone <laughs> dancing out my personality. They might not be far off. I have seen you no. dance, Monica. <laughs> So he wanted to connect the human centers, which he called human intelligence, thinking, feeling, and instinct. And he wanted higher qualities and essential qualities. So he called those holy ideas. And each holy idea has a corresponding virtue, which is a quality of the heart experienced by human beings when they are abiding in essence. So if you think of your essence, you think of it as who you are most naturally when you're not in a state of stress, when you're not in a state of ego, when you're just well balanced and growing. So a quote from the website says, as a person loses awareness and presence, falling away from essence into the trance of personality, the loss of awareness of the holy idea becomes a person's ego fixation and the loss of contact with the virtue causes a person's characteristic passion. That's deep. That's so deep. Professor I Stevens to... would be very proud of you right now. I know, wouldn't he though? I love how cerebral you have made this. As I introduced in the beginning, these are very fun for me, but I do like that they can actually be impactful in understanding yourself. And you really have done a great job of kind of taking this fun little thing that I've had as a hobby and bringing it to the next level. Just made it too serious. Join us each week to talk about nothing serious. Seriously. <laughs> so if you would like to take the Enneagram test, we will have a link in our show notes. Or I could just design one myself right now. <laughs> Speaking of, I was actually talking to a friend before this podcast and she said she wanted the Cliff Notes version so that she could figure out which Enneagram she is because she doesn't want to take the time. I believe that the official test is about 30 minutes. I am anticipating that a lot of you already know your Enneagram type, much like me and Monica did going into this podcast. And so you're just looking for a little bit more in depth and a little bit of fun. So we're going to be giving you that. But right now we're going to talk to people who might not know 
know the different Enneagram types, or maybe you only know your own, so you're gonna learn about the rest. All right, so we're just going to very easily and with a little hint of fun, maybe a little tongue in cheek, go through the different types of Enneagram numbers, and you can decide which one you are if you don't already know. Okay, so number one is the reformer, rational, idealistic type. You're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Something you would never do is leave your laundry on the floor for a week. Yeah, that's not me. The starter pack for you includes highly organized junk drawer, including labels, a water bottle that has marks on it so you know exactly how much you drank, a planner, a slouchy cardigan with monochrome joggers to match. Now, Whoa. all of these starter packs I made up myself. They're super scientific. So <laughs> good to know. <laughs> uh, number two is the helper, the caring interpersonal type demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Something a two would never do is accept a compliment without a thank you. Your starter pack includes a teddy bear hoodie, sugary warm coffee drink, plans with the family, and a golden retriever. Aw, a golden retriever. So I cute. Know. All right, the achiever. You are success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. A type three would never spend an entire week without having a to-do list. Now your starter pack includes a to-do list, a first place trophy, a goal for the next 10 years, and a smartwatch. Four, if you're number four, this is what you sound like. You're the individualist, the sensitive withdrawn tribe, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Things a four would never do. Watch a series on Netflix just because everyone likes it. Fours, your starter pack includes a journal, vintage anything from earrings to jeans or maybe a car, a t-shirt that describes you, and overwhelming emotions and a non-tabby cat. Number five, the investigator intense and cerebral, you're perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Mm. The number five would never throw a big party. Your starter pack includes black coffee, a bag filled with books, jeans, and a striped t-shirt, and of course, a little alone time. I like number five. Number six, the loyalist. The loyalist is committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. A type six would never hear a weird noise in the middle of the night and be sure it was a cat and not a bird. Sixes, you sound a lot like my true crime, my true crime fans. <laughs> Starter pack includes a tinfoil hat, plans with your best friend from childhood, a purse with everything anyone could need, including band-aids, floss, and hand sanitizer, black leggings, and a comfy sweater. Nothing wrong with being prepared. I have a very good friend who always has whatever I need. I love it. You gotta have those friends in your life. Number seven is the enthusiast. These are the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. A type seven would never make a to-do list and then follow it. Your starter pack includes vacation plans, a red couch, weekly coffee date with anyone, unless you aren't feeling like it, and killer boots. Oh. Oh yeah, that's my starter pack. I know, I thought of you. <laughs> I don't Great. believe Monica has a red couch though, but. Oh, I would have one in a I second, know, but you Paul would. is red, green, colorblind. <gasps> so is Zach. <laughs> It's crazy. We have to do a whole podcast on colorblindness. And it being your husband's and how annoying that is. I love yeah. it. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Everyone will tune in. 
The challenger is number eight, the powerful dominating type. Self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. A type eight would never play a game and not try to win. Number eight, your starter pack includes your strong opinion, at home, workout, superhero cape, and the word no. But number nine, the peacemaker. This person is easygoing, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. A type nine would never purposely make a scene at a family gathering. A number nine starter pack includes cozy candles, an olive branch, a bag of tortilla chip, your favorite cardigan, and a nap. I love how you organized this, Monica. I hope everyone listening has been able to find a little bit of themselves that resonates mostly with a singular number. And I want to know a little bit more about what type you are. I am a type four. Now, before I get into how I've settled on that, I have taken three tests. I've never taken the original, although I do feel like I'd still come up with a type four. I took the truity test, which is about a 15 minute test. And it came back as a type four twice. However, it also came back as a type eight twice. The first time I believe I had a 98% match with a four and a 93% match with an eight. But today when I retook it, 98% match with a four and a 98% match with an eight, which I would say is very true. And both personality types have been very strong in me since I was a child. So, but I came back very strong as a number four in more than one type of test. If you want to do something really fast, there's the crystal test. I don't think that crystal knows. It says crystalnose.com. I came back as a five. That was a five minute test with questions mm-hmm. like, I have a hard time showing emotions. Yes or no. The truity test, which is the one that you, you and I both took, Mm-hmm. Um, it's 10 to 15 minutes. It has questions like, if I am honest, I feel that I'm a bit better than other people. And then you have to rate that on a scale of one to five. It's very introspective. Just to mm-hmm. answer that question alone takes a lot of self-honesty. I did take another one that was about 15 minutes, um, the eclectic energies, and pretty much came back as a four. Their questions were like, I want to win the approval of those in authority, sometimes even when I don't really like them. So it was another little bit more intro perspective mm-hmm. uh, questions that you could take there. But I feel like with the truity, it was consistent, did them over the course of six months. And I basically got the same answer. So I feel okay. like, it, I feel like if we're going to send anyone anywhere, but the main place to take it, that mm-hmm. you could feel confident with truity. I would agree. So for me, I've only taken it twice and I did the truity and I came up with the same three numbers, but in a slightly different order the second time. So the first time I took it, I was a seven, five, then eight. And the second time I took it, I was an eight, seven, and five. I feel that's pretty accurate. So it would never, I would never be a one. A one just wouldn't even register. You and I both came out as eight. What was your eight? I was 98% eight. My sevens and my eight each time were in the high nineties. Okay. So we're going to get on to what I think is super fun. I got into Enneagram through social media and I looked it up on Pinterest and you, it's like this whole subculture on Instagram and Pinterest that I found. And it hearkens me back to the fun little days of looking at those teen magazines and figuring out my personality and seeing if it matches. So that's what we're going to do right here, friends. We're going to do this together, but first we're going to take a little short advert break. 
Hey friends, Monica and I have recently discovered a company with amazing skincare. Juvene uses cutting edge stem cell science to replenish and repair your skin four levels deep. You'll start seeing a more youthful appearance in just a few weeks. Juvene also has incredible faux mink lashes to make you feel fancy every day. Y'all, if you want great skin, nails, and lashes, go to juvene.com slash foxy. That's juvene, J-U-V-E-N-A-E.com slash F-O-X-Y. Hopefully you've picked out which number you are. And so we're going to talk about all these different things that you might be. For instance, I'm not going to share this one. You can go look it up yourself, but you can see which Harry Potter character you are, which Gilmore's girl character you are, what type okay. of leaf in the fall you are, Christmas pillow. I mean, How funny. It just goes on and on. And it is a lot of fun. So I have several of them here and we will have some really great links in the show notes. We're also going to link to my Pinterest board. I saved everything that we're talking about so you can go see where I got it from and those people can get the proper credit for creating such fun. Awesome. We have one here for pets. I do. This is fun. Why don't you start us off? Okay. Pets. So if you are a pet, this is what kind of pet you are. Beta fish is a number one. A doggo is a number two. And a bird is a number three. Hamsters are your number fours. Hermit crabs are number fives. How cute is that? A cat is a six. A rabbit, a seven. I mean, who knew? (laughs) They love adventure. They're fast. They never stop. A chameleon is an eight and a turtle is a nine. Oh my goodness. I love these. Okay. This one, this one, I guarantee will not make anyone gain weight. Enneagram types as a baked good. Monica, what's number one? Number one, it's your chocolate chip cookies. Two is a cinnamon roll. Number three, s'mores. Four is cheesecake. Five, coffee cake. Six is brownies. Number seven, your churros. Eight, peanut butter cookies. And number nine, cupcakes. So just for the sake of using the Enneagram as a personality test, yes. churros, I love churros. So well, give me a churro all day long. I used to have my mom make me cheesecake instead of birthday cake because as a number four, I must be an individual. I love those. Oh my gosh, Monica, the next one. Okay. Go. So the next one, I don't think any of our friends are going to be surprised, but I did find an Enneagram type as according to Vampire Diaries. This one's just for you. <laughs> It is. It's just for me. So I'm going to read all of them because I think you might like the next one. All right. So Caroline, clearly the number one. Elena, two. Klaus, three. If you've watched Vampire Diaries, I would say spot on so far. Number four, Stefan. I can see that. Absolutely. Number five, Alaric. I mean, did they read the Enneagram before they came up with these? These are (laughs) really spot on. Rebecca is a six. Damon is a seven. Bonnie, a total eight. And then Jeremy, of course, he's the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Number nine. All right, Monica, I got one special for you. Come (gasps) on. Oh, I love this. Okay. If anyone out there needs to identify with their number and they love Twilight the way I love Twilight. So here we go. Carlisle is a number one. Esme, number nine. Rosalie, number four. Alice, number two. Jasper is a number five. Bella is a number six. Edward is a number four. Emmett is a number three. Jacob is a number eight. And Bella's dad is a number eight. No, there are no sevens in that group. And I can attest. There are no fun, fun fun-loving people. No. All right, so the next one, this is kind 
kind of fun. Everyone listen in. So maybe you're not into the vampire thing, but I think we all, even if we don't identify, we all know who these characters are. So it's really fun to see which princess you are from Disney. One, Moana. Two, Snow White. Three, Tiana. Four is Aurora. Five, Belle. Six, Rapunzel, or Tangled, as she's known in our house. Seven, Ariel. Eight, Jasmine. And nine, Cinderella. When I read this one, I was like, oh yeah, Jasmine's an eight. All I could think is Ariel. Yes, she's a seven. I can see that. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Oh, this one looks like fun. Starbucks Enneagram. So I'm going to read these in a weird order because why not? Yeah. I know the number seven over there, Monica, is like, let's stop going in order. So number one would be a vanilla latte. And number four, the violet drink. And number seven, unicorn frappe. Mmm, that's got me written all over it. And I can see you as a violet drink. A number eight is a chai tea latte. Uh, five is a Pike Place roast. And two is a sweet cream cold brew. Ooh, that sounds good right now. Sorry. <laughs> Oh no, excuse me, that's a number three. If you're a number two, caramel macchiato. Yum. Number two, mm -hmm. you have the best drink. Six, mocha. And number nine, oh, here's another good one though. Chai tea latte. Really the number twos and the nines, y'all are so chill and cozy with your drinks. I love it. Quarantine drinks. Uh, who doesn't <laughs> love a good quarantine drink? Right? Oh, we have to do this. Number nine, red wine, coffee, and water. I'm a number nine. No, maybe not personality wise, but on a daily basis. Those are my three beverages. 72 ounces of water, 16 ounces of coffee, and maybe 12 ounces of wine. Number five is a chai latte, hot tea, and coffee. Number one. I like number one, water, coffee, and Dr. Pepper. All right. At number three, you've got coffee, almond milk, and hot tea. Number four, kombucha, coffee, and hot tea. And speaking as a number four, that's pretty dang accurate. And seven, champagne, coffee, and chocolate milk. You seem so much more champagne than red wine to me. Sorry, Monica, you just do. I mean, I would drink champagne all day long. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. Uh, if you like diet soda, LaCroix and coffee, you're a number eight. They need to put whiskey in there or something. They do. It should be whiskey. so boring. It should be whiskey. All right, I'm making an amendment for number eight, y'all. You need a whiskey, LaCroix and coffee. Sixes, if you like soda, coffee and wine. And twos are sweet tea, coffee and cider. Ooh. Those twos always bring it in the cozy. They do. Oh, I really like that one. These have been really fun, right? Okay. The dog Enneagram. <laughs> Number one is the Great Dane, gentle and naturally protective. Aww. Number two is the Labrador, expressive, people-driven. And number threes, poodle, energetic, and love performing tricks. Number four is a Basenji, extremely emotive, not easy to train. The first dog I ever thought of taking home and living in my house was a Basenji. Oh, that's All awesome. Right. A Chow is a number five, devoted and picky about people. Six is a Boxer, <laughs> fiercely loyal and loving. Oh, these are so good. The golden retriever is a seven, playful, even tempered. I'll let you do number eight, Monica. Oh, that's my Samson right there. The German shepherd, the guardian takes time to warm up to strangers and ain't that the truth. This is the truth. We, we got some good Samson stories we'll tell in our, in our dog episode. And then number nine, these little guys are so cute. I love them. Little French bulldogs, affable and intuitive. Oh, Monica, I think that one's my favorite. Oh, this one looks like fun. I want to see my Valentine gift. 
So number ones, it looks like date night gift cards. I bet that probably has something to do maybe with you wanting to be in control. Number two, you love the sentimental gifts, like a picture of your first date. Oh, that's so sweet. Three, you want a surprise date. That sounds great. Four, you want a romantic date. Yes. Mm. Candlelight, music. Mm -hmm. Something to remember. I can see that about you. Number Dang five, your you're like, just give me a new book. I don't need anything but that. I don't want to be around you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, oh, you're decadent and you want that chocolate covered strawberry. Sevens, an oversized teddy bear. Eight, on a movie date with some popcorn. And nine, you just want a cozy blanket to snuggle under. I love that. I'm really excited to show you this next one. Oh my God, Target. It's Target by Enneagram type. Oh my, this is awesome. Awesome. In random order, everybody. You're a board game if you're a number eight. Um, Juicy magazine, number five. And number two, you're a thank you card. You're number nine. You're coming home with fuzzy socks. And number six, you're coming home with the latest DVD because apparently it's 2010, according to this uh, Instagram type. And oh, number three, I'm jealous. You're coming home with a bottle of Moscato. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. So number ones, you've got the dollar spot notepad. <laughs> I'm so sorry I for you. I can see that. Monica, number four, your favorite kombucha. And I will have a cruiser bicycle in my car. <laughs> Absolutely. No, y'all, she's getting number three. She's three bottles of Moscato. And the bicycle, and I'll get pulled over for drunk driving. I really like that one. These have been really fun, right? Like oh, I said, funny. the subculture is deep with the Enneagram, especially on Pinterest and Instagram. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Sam's Club Sample. So this is what you would take home. So let's say that you go to Sam's or Costco, and back in the days before the pandemic, you could do fun things like get Sam's samples. Here's what you would try. If you're a number nine, you're sipping on that orange juice. Sixes, you really can not stop yourself from that chips and guac. And a number three, acai smoothie. I, I like those options so far. Twos, you're going with the bagel bites. You want those all day long. Fives, you've got trail mix. And eight, you've got meat on a stick. Number seven, ice cream. Number fours, cotton candy grapes, which I have had and they taste like cotton candy. Um, And number ones, cubed cheese. In perfect little cubes. Only course, the perfect ones. Of course. This is super fun. Up next we have, if you were an Enneagram, this would be the piece of mail. Not that you would get, but that would be sent. So oh. this is the type of mail that you are. And I think everybody likes to get mail these days. Got mail today from Juvenet. Oh, nice. You're going to be looking quite foxy, I believe. You've got mail. Number nines, you're going to come in the mail as a coupon, especially for things like bath and body works. Oh, fun. Number eight, apparently you don't even want to receive mail. You really prefer notifications and important things to arrive quickly so they don't get lost. Oh, sevens, you get an invitation to do things, parties, weddings, etc. Fun. Definitely and sounds six, like you. Yeah, definitely. Six, you are a holiday card from friends and family. Aw. Fives, you are the package that was ordered online to avoid leaving the comfort zone. That sounds like a five for sure. Number fours, you are a handwritten letter from friends or their lovers. Three, you are a certificate or a reminder of an accomplishment. Oh, nice. Two, you are a thank you card for anything. Aw, twos, y'all are just like the nicest with your golden retrievers. I need to find some twos in my I life. Oh, they're great. And number one, you are a subscription box of all of your favorite things. Okay, friends, we have some more things that we love. I think that this is a little bit more specific. So let's go ahead and 
start with number fives. Your favorite thing is a podcast. I hope you're listening right now, fives, and love us. <laughs> Me too. Four, you love a sunset. This is true. I have so many sunset pictures on my phone. It's obsessive. Notice. Threes, you absolutely dig a new planner. Two, you love dinner dates with friends. Still, gotta find some twos in my life. Number ones, you love anything organizational, anything. Six, you love movie nights, popcorn, blankets, maybe a little bit of Disney Plus. Sevens, cute, but comfy shoes. What do you think about that, Monica? Yeah, I would agree, but I do not like the pictures they use. They are not cute. No. At all. No. <laughs> It was clearly not a seven who drew this. No. Eights, you love a bold lip. And nines, you love athleisure wear. I like the nines. Nines and twos, y'all just really, you got it down if you ask me. Oh, this one looks like fun. Your Enneagram for how you are in the morning. I'm dying to know. These illustrations I think are so cute. Yeah. Ones, you're a get up and go. Get up, work out, shower, coffee, lunch is packed, feed the dog. <laughs> twos, before you wake up, you're dreaming and thinking. I wonder how my best friend slept last night. I wonder if I wake up now, I can surprise her with coffee? Threes, coffee, coffee. What am I wearing? Gotta look good today. Shower, then you get coffee. I don't know, sometimes I feel like a three. Fours, apparently you wake up in a perfect state of happiness. You think, Oh, I love how the sunlight looks when it hits my plant. Wake up and you can have longer to sip coffee and sit in bed. What is that? I do not wake up like that. I like whoever made this is not a four. <laughs> Fives. Five more minutes. But coffee. Wake up in time for interest. Everyone, shh, please you're wanting to stay in that bed. Number six is, uh-oh, you've hit snooze too many times. Oh no, did I oversleep? I set my alarm 35 minutes before I needed to get up. I'll just hit snooze again. What was I anxious about last night? Oh yeah. Oversleeping. Seven. Coffee time. Hmm, what am I going to eat for lunch? Chipotle? Treat yourself. Oh crap, I'm gonna be late. Eight. This is you in the morning. No, not yet. Aggressively <laughs> hits the snooze button. Nine. Please no, I'm so cozy. How can I avoid this? Can't wait until I'm back here watching Netflix again. I think in a past life I was a number nine. Which one do you f actually feel like, Monica, in the mornings? These? Always running late, but I don't wake up thinking about what I want to eat for lunch. I'm either a no, not yet, I'm so cozy, or I'm panicked because we overslept like we did for school on Friday. Yeah, I'm actually in the mornings a number one, which is a little shocking to myself but get up, go, work out, coffee, shower, get all the things done so I can enjoy the rest of my day. That way I can be more of my four self. I'm also a lot like a number five. So if the kids wake up too early, I sleep with earplugs and an eye mask and I just tell them to be quiet and put a cartoon on for them. I bet all of us listening to this wake up differently than our Enneagram probably says. Mm -hmm. And I bet that has a lot to do with what we have to face the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one's really fun. I like this one. So, Enneagrams, your numbers, if you are a 4th of July food. Oh, how so fun. fun. So fun. Number one, very practical. You're going to be the sides. Number five, you're a hamburger. Who doesn't love a hamburger? Nine, you are fruit, probably a watermelon. Three, you're chips and dip. Seven, star-shaped cookies with little sprinkles, of course. Ooh. Four, you're deviled eggs. Six, you are s'mores. I've never had a s'more on 4th of July. I usually save those for winter. What? Time for yeah.
hold on, everybody. We need to talk this out. How do you not have s'mores in the summer? It's too hot. At night, it cools off. Not here. Oh, I forgot. You're in the South now. All right. Number two, your hot dogs. Of course, because it's like the most comforting food that you could eat on the 4th of July is a hot, hot dog. Great. I do love really all fun. of those foods. I do too. Bring them all. These are so fun and creative. I cannot wait to show you this next one that I found. The Enneagram as types of sodas, or as I would have called them when I grew up, types of Cokes. What about you? What did you used to say, Monica, when you grew up? Uh, well, in Texas, everything was a Coke. What kind of Coke would you like? I'd like a Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> And then we moved to Michigan and everyone up there says pop. I think I say soda more than anything because I lived on the West Coast and the West Coast says soda. I just love that little quirkiness about our country. Let's go ahead and start out just at the top. Number one, you like the best things out there. So you like Coca-Cola, classic and unchanging. Twos, your Dr. Pepper, cozy flavor, if that's a thing, and just enough cherry. Threes, your Sprite, fun and delicious, lemon lime. Fours, Mountain Dew, unique taste and refreshing. Five, you're a brisk tea. Six, root beer, predictable and sweet. Seven, you're an orange Fanta, tastes like childhood. Eights, you are Pepsi. Same effect as Coke, but not Coke. <laughs> Nothing is Coke. Nothing is Coke, but Coke. Okay, and number nine, you're a ginger ale. Not too overwhelming. That's cute. I like those. Do you want to do Enneagram as punctuation? It's kind of funny what they say. With Let's do it. One's a question mark. Why? How? What? Two, you're a comma. For the series of positive affirmations. Three, you're a colon. And the list begins now. Four, an ellipsis. I bet you're wondering what comes after these mysterious dots. Five, parentheses. But what I really meant was six, your braces looking out for my own unit. Sevens, the exclamation point. This is all so much. Number eight, period. Said it, meant it, the end. Nines, a hyphen, the connector of all the things. That was really fun. Friends, as I've said before, total subcultured on Instagram and Pinterest. We'll have a couple of Instagram Instagram links and also Pinterest uh, board in the show notes. So you can just go have fun like this on your own. I will tell you, you will scroll and scroll and scroll. I got a little addicted. We actually didn't even get to all the ones that I found because <laughs> there were so many. Now, Monica, you and I really have enjoyed the Enneagram, but I know you and I have taken other tests that we really feel like spoke to us. Yes. Uh, so I'm kind of curious on one of the ones that you've taken before, how does it compare to the number that you got with the Enneagram? It's hard to compare that because they're not saying the same thing. Okay. I'm referring to the four temperaments. Okay. So in the four temperaments, I am a caloric. And from what I read, a female caloric is extremely rare, but I'm not the rarest of the Enneagrams. Hmm. So, you know, it, it says that I'm extroverted, quick thinking, active, practical, strong-willed, and easily annoyed. And then here, the Enneagram trait says something similar. Extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. Playful, high-spirited, and practical. So those are very similar. Explain to me just a little bit more about your temperament as the caloric. So according to my source, uh, a caloric is results-oriented, very active, positive, and forward-moving. Um, 
They are extroverted, quick thinking, practical. They're also brief, direct, and to the point, which can frustrate other people. I do like pressure. So we're easily bored when there's not enough pressure. We like things to happen fast. Calorics are visionaries and never seem to run out of ideas. Uh, we're slow to build relationships and tend to have only a few close friends. And this one says that calorics tend not to be angry, although we are assertive and we will push to get results, which some people may interpret as anger. And it's true. I've had some friends tell me that I got angry, you know, when we were having a discussion, a heated discussion. I'm like, I'm not angry, like, but I know I'm right. <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, so I still find that a lot of the caloric traits describe me very well. And the Enneagram traits also did. I think my favorite line in this is all of this can combine to make a seven into the quintessential Renaissance person. And I, I have some friends here that probably would agree because I'm into a little bit of everything. It goes on and on, but I won't bore our, our friends. <laughs> For me, my favorite and the one I'm most experienced with is the Myers-Briggs. There's 16 different types of results that you can get. And I got the most rare one, which is I NFJ. What to me spoke more through the Myers-Briggs is not just how I act, but it's more how you feel. And I think that's why it speaks to me a little bit more because while I might come off as a four on the Enneagram, that is almost way too artsy fartsy for me when I read into <laughs> some of it. I, I do not run around with watercolors. I am very creative, but I am just not the type of person I think that you think of when you think of a four, even when I went and was reading into all of the, like I said, subculture out there, I didn't feel like a lot of the imagery really spoke to me other than I do love vintage things. But there is a part that is very, very similar to the INFJ and basic fear is that we don't have an identity or personal significance. And do people understand who that is? And a lot of times I don't think that people do. And so I think what type four did was it talked a lot about who I am, but INFJ talks a lot about how you're reacting with other people and you feel lonely. And, and like you've said about me, a lot of times I'm, I'm the introverted extrovert. Mm -hmm. And that is very confusing to people. And the other thing about the INFJ is that we tend to be a mirror chameleon personality. So when I'm hanging out with you, who is a seven, I I'm going to mirror your energy. When I am hanging out with a two, I'm going to mirror that two's energy. So if I get around an eight, I'm going to be more that eight, which is kind of funny because I am also an eight, 98% eight and also 98% four, which speaks to the INFJ as well, because the INFJ is usually a dual personality. And I came across this one photo and it is like this ultra goth person sitting next to this absolutely sweet doll face person. And it says my two personalities coexisting in peace. Nice. <laughs> and I feel like that is me. And I feel like sometimes I'm just misunderstood, not in a bad way, not not that people, I say something and they think I've said something else. It's just like the true person who I am because I mirror people doesn't always come out. And I feel like I'm misunderstood and it gets a little lonely. When I read some of the stuff about the four, I was like, oh, I 
I hate that. The bad parts of being a four. I was like, oh yeah, I do some of that. But I do, I really enjoy people. And I think because I enjoy people, I love mirroring them because I love for them to feel good. Myers-Briggs test, um, it is 16 personality types and it does address if you're an introvert or an extrovert. And that is where I first learned that I actually am an introvert um, mm. because being an introvert is just where you get your energy. So do you get your energy from being alone or do you get your energy from uh, being around other people? That's really the difference. Not whether or not you can connect or be personable or outgoing. one sure. of those other things. It's not about that. It's where's your energy coming from? And my energy is from being alone. So I'll go out with you. I will have the time of my life and then I will need to go sit in a room by myself so that I can go do it again. To rebuild your energy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think the reason I thought the, the temperaments and the Enneagram were different is because I got more information from reading about my Enneagram than I did about reading cal- yeah. a, about calorics. And mm-hmm. again, a calorics only four, you know, so I think maybe that speaks to speaks to it as well because the Enneagram, that's nine. The color one is four and then the Myers-Briggs is 16. So it, mm-hmm. I think it just stands to reason that the more there is, the more information detailed out it's going to be per personality. Sense. I've had a lot of fun learning about you today, Monica, and then just Same seeing here. the different little things that are quirky that make you you and make you so lovable. And Aww. me being a type four and being, you know, somewhat self-absorbed, I really enjoyed that about learning about myself too. Another fun thing I had, and I hope other people did this while they're listening, is thinking of the different people in your life and then thinking, oh, that one friend I have, she's definitely a six or that kind of thing. I had a lot of fun today. I am so happy to be doing this with you. And I'm so happy that we are going on to do more episodes together. And I just can't wait to see what's next. Me too. We have a lot planned for the rest of the year. I hope everyone's looking forward to more episodes. This wraps up our fifth episode, Monica. Can you believe it? I cannot. When we talked about this, uh, it's been about five months now. I'm surprised we actually made it. Look at us celebrating five episodes as if it was a thousand. (laughs) So we have a lot more work to do to get our next episodes ready. I hope you're excited. We're going to be launching every Monday. So look forward to a new episode from us every Monday. Friends, thanks so much for letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with some entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. For extended show notes, please head over to our website, twomonicaspodcast.com. That's two Monicas with the number two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at two Monicas and find us on Pinterest at two Monicas podcast. If you'd like to connect with us directly, email us at two Monicas podcast at gmail.com. We'd like to give credit to Kevin McLeod for providing the following music, sax, rock and roll, hot rock, glitter, cool rock. And we'd also like to give credit to Raphael Crooks for Mermaids. You can find full music credits in the show notes.